We are in Ksubis Lam and Amun Aleph 30A2 in the Archgol Gemara. The Gemara now continues to comment on the Mishnah. So just a quick review of the Mishnah, really the last part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah was discussing various cases where, in addition to all the other obligations to pay for the damages that was caused in a situation of a seduction or of a rape, so in addition to all of that, uh, there is a fine, there is a kanas in a very specific situation where the girl is between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, and that she's still a basula, she's still a virgin, that we would have this fine. Now, this fine uh, would exist uh, in various cases, and our Mishnah discusses cases where you might think it does not exist, and really, in the, in the end of the day, it does exist. And then the next Mishnah, which we did not get up to yet, it will be coming up in the Gemara over the next couple of weeks, uh, the next mission discusses cases where there is no fine. Now, those cases where, the, where, where we don't have a fine, uh, those cases, the reason why we don't have a fine is based on a principle called Kimle Bedrabamine, which is essentially the idea that if we have two punishments, one is this fine of paying 50 shkalim, and one is an obligation of the death penalty, so then uh, there is only the death penalty. We only give the death penalty, and they are not obligated to pay. So our Mishnah was not discussing a case of a death penalty. Our Mishnah was actually discussing a case of, at least the, the last cases of the Mishnah, was actually discussing cases of kares, where there is no death penalty, but there is a concept of kares, of an early death by the court. And that included, basically, a person who is ma'anes, who rapes their sister, God forbid, all these cases are God forbid, um, their father's sister, their mother's sister, their wife's sister, their brother's wife, all these cases, uh, you might have to understand how these cases are specifically not the death penalty, but they're specifically kares. Uh, there might be nuances within that, but they're, they're basically all cases of kares. Uh, and so we know that there's a principle of kimle bedrabimine, that you only get the more severe punishment of the death penalty in a case where there's a death penalty. What about in our case of the Mishnah where it's, there's this knas, but at the same time there's also an obligation, there's a, there's a punishment, sorry, of kares, of an early death. Does that override the knas? So our Mishnah is telling us, no, it doesn't. You still have a knas. You still have to pay the knas even though you do get the punishment of kares. So that goes against Rabbi Nechani ben Akana. Rabbi Nechani ben Akana argues on this. And this is what the Argamar says, Ulafukim and Rabbi ben Akana. Rabbi ben Akana argues that even if the punishment is not the death penalty by the court, but it's kares, an early death, let's say under the age of 60, so then there still is no knas. We apply the principle of kimle bedrabimine. They only receive kares. They're not obligated to pay the fine. Against our Mishnah. This would be against our Mishnah. Ditanya. Because it was taught in a Brisa. Where, what, who is Rabbi Nechun ben Akana? Where, where does he say this? Rabbi Nechun ben Akana ha'yoza es yom ha'kipurim b'kishabes l'tashlumen ma'ashabes m'schai b'nafsho u'patr m'nafshlumen afim ha'kipurim b'schai b'nafsho u'patr m'nafshlumen Rabbi Nechun ben Akana says that that Yom Kippur and Shabbos are equivalent that uh, if uh, one just like one who desecrates Shabbos while simultaneously creating some sort of ob- monetary obligation they only receive the death penalty on Shabbos. And Shabbos, if one violates Shabbos, they receive the death penalty. So too, when it comes to Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, where if one violates Yom Kippur and they do activity on Yom Kippur, Malacha, 
forbidden activity on Yom Kippur, so then it's not the death penalty, but it's kares, it's an early death by Hashem. So he says the same thing would apply in that case, and there would be no fine, uh, no monetary payment, even though when it, in a situation where it happens, where one violates Yom Kippur, and they create a monetary obligation at the same time, they only get the more severe punishment of kares. So the same thing would apply in our Mishnah, in our Mishnah as well, uh, there are two. Uh, there are two things that happen. There's an obligation when they, when this person is ma'anes, they rape this girl between the ages of twelve and twelve and a half. One is that they should be getting kares, and the other one is that they have this knas that they have to pay. And we say they don't have to. They wouldn't have to pay the knas. They would not have to pay this fine uh, because they're obligated in kares. That is the position of Nechemia ben Akana. Again, against our Mishnah. So the Gemara wants to now know. My time in Rabbi ben Akana. What is the logic? Where is he coming from? How does he get this? And so the Gemara will have two answers. In this recording, we'll only discuss the first answer of Abaye, and then in the next recording, in the next class, we'll discuss Rava. So there's an argument. What is the source for this idea? It happens to be that with regards to this general principle of Kimle Bidrabimine, that they only, we establish it that they only get the more severe punishment, that itself, there's a, there's a, Two sources as to what this. What, how do we know such a principle? Um, and so that that will get to um, eventually. But Abayi says, based on that, how do we know Rabbi Nachman ben Akano his logic that, that he says it even applies to Kares? Because Nemar Asan bide Adam, Nemar Asan bide Shemayim, Ma Asan Amar bide Adam Patur min Atashlumin, Af Asan Amar bide Shemayim Patur min Atashlumin. Basically, one of the sources for the concept of Kimlei b'Dirabimine that you only get the more severe punishment and not. Um, the monetary punishment is in a situation where this is found in Parshish Mishpatim where let's say you have two people fighting um, and one of them they're trying to they're fighting and they, they attack uh, and they uh, they punch and they hit a pregnant woman so they hit a pregnant woman and she has a miscarriage as a result of that okay so she has a miscarriage as a result of that um, and the Pasuk the verse says that he has to pay for the miscarriage. He has to pay. It's a monetary payment for causing a miscarriage. However, the Pasuk adds, It's only if the mother did not die. If the mother didn't die. If the mother dies, he does not have to pay uh, the fine, the, not the fine, the, the, the monetary obligation um, for the damage that he caused by creating this miscarriage. Why? Because if the mother dies, he's got a more severe punishment to deal with, he he just he just kill he just killed somebody. If he killed this uh, woman, so then he uh, he gets the death penalty. So he would get the death penalty in that case. The verse says Only if there is no ason, only if there is no fatality, if there is no death, so then he has to pay the damages. However, if there was a death, he does not pay the damages. And so Abaye says that word ason ason is really found, it's not just in, in that verse, it's, it's in the context of a person causing damage. They they uh, hit a pregnant woman. But Asun is also found in the context of Bidei Shemaim, with regards to the death of by Hashem, uh, not by not by people. And so uh, we'll explain what that context is in a second. But just like Asun in that context is dealing with Hashem, and not just when people hit each other, so, so too, any time that the Asun, the fatality, happens by Hashem, meaning they're deserving of the death penalty by Hashem, not by the court system, but, but Hashem gives them the death penalty, i.e. kares, so then there is no obligation to 
pay uh, the, for the damages. Uh, so ason means both in a situation where they get the death penalty by the court and where there's a death penalty by Hashem. Where does it use the word ason in the context of Hashem? So that's in a totally different context. It's in the context of Yaakov. When Yaakov tells his sons that he does not allow Binyamin to travel down to Egypt. He already lost one of his sons, Yosef. And he refuses to let Binyamin go down. Why? Lest there be an ason. That something happens to him, that he dies along the way. Meaning, and right now the Gemara is assuming this means something happens by by the hand of Hashem. By the hand of heaven, where an accident, a quote-unquote accident takes place. And so therefore, where he was afraid that he was going to die as a result of that. Through the traveling. The point is, is that the word ason means... Um, a, a death which is caused naturally by Hashem. It's done by Hashem, not by the courts. So the, then taking that same word ason and then plugging it into our verse discussing the case where a person punches a pregnant woman. So when it says that the person doesn't get the, the only time he pays is when he doesn't get the death penalty, it doesn't mean just mean the death penalty, it means any death, even death by Hashem, i.e., even karis. And so from here, Nechani Ben-Akana learns, according to Abaye, again, this is all according to Abaye, he learns that there is no penalty, there is no knas, there is no fine in a situation where there is kares. Certainly in a situation where there is the, the regular death penalty by the court, but even if it was a case of kares, of an early death, let's say age of under 60, um, by the court, uh, so then um, so then there is also no uh, no obligation to pay the to pay for the fine. Okay, so on that note, on that note, the Gemara now sort of delves into side topics based on this concept of ason that that really Hashem punishes uh, has the punishes us through uh, through through different means, and it's coming from Hashem, and it's not coming from us. So Masvula Rav Ada Barahava, Rav Ada Barahava asks, I don't understand. Mimai dechi kamizar luhu Yaakov lebanehal atzitin pachin dibideshim ayim dinu dimal arya veganve dibideadam dinu. He basically asks, how do we know when Yaakov was warning and he was afraid that Binyamin was going to go to Egypt and that he would get killed? How do we know that he was talking about things that which are which are decided by God, i.e. Um, cold and heat by being very, very cold or having a, a strong fever? How do we know that that's being done by God? Maybe he was afraid of lions or, or, or animals attacking him or thieves attacking him, attacking Binyamin on the way down. How do we, which is, which are, which is, uh, Something which is done the hand of, of people, not the hand of Hashem. That's the hand of people. So we're actually going to see. If we have to just wait a few minutes, we'll see that the Gemara actually flips it. What is really viewed as being done by Hashem and what is really viewed as being done by people will get flipped uh, in a second. But we'll get we'll get there. But right now he's assuming that uh, having a cold and having a fever is really God sent, um, and being attacked by lions or thieves that's really um, the hand of a person. That, that's the decision of a person. So how do we know what Yaakov's afraid of? So the Gemara answers, well, he's afraid of both. Atu Yaakov, aha, izar, aha, lo, izar, Yaakov, al izar. Yaakov was talking about everything. When he said it, when he said the word Asson, that he's afraid of Binyamin's death, that means Binyamin's death by thieves, that means Binyamin's death by, he's traveling, by the cold, by fever. It's dangerous when you travel. It's not easy when you travel. So even when it comes to all scenarios where including, including quote-unquote accidents that are done by Hashem. So the Gemara now questions both of these cases and says is it really true that when we talk about a cold and having a fever 
that that's really viewed as an accident done by Hashem? Is that really viewed as done by Hashem? But we have the following b'risa, v'atanya, hakobi deshamayim chutz mitzinim v'pachin. The b'risa says that everything is decided by Hashem except for the cold and the heat. Except for, that's the one thing where it's not decided by Hashem. Everything is decided by Hashem except for whether a person has a cold or whether they have a fever. Everything else is defined by Hashem, but not that. Based on the verse, the verse says in Mishlei, that a person could decide. It's a person's choice. It's a person's choice to um, to not get not get a cold and not to have fever. They could protect themselves from that. Now, what exactly does that mean? Tosas asks, wait, wait, "Wait a minute. What exactly? What exactly does does that mean?" A person is never, besides for a cold and fever, a person is never allowed to protect themselves from danger. Obviously, they could protect themselves from danger, from sort of negligence. But the point is, beyond that, the situation is out of their control. However, when it comes to the common cold, when it comes to a fever, a person could go above and beyond to take extra precautions, apparently. When it comes to getting a cold and, and a fever, a person could do more than when it comes to other situations of, of danger. So, But the point is, the point of the Gemara, at least, is that that's something which is in our control. And also, lions and thieves, excuse me, lions and thieves, that's based on people. Essentially, that after the, after the destruction of the temple, and there's no longer a Sanhedrin, and Tosos points out that really the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of the Jewish people, Really ended forty years before the destruction of the second temple, but uh, he and he tries to explain it, but how it fits with our with our Gemara. But the point is, around that time period, during the times of the destruction of the second temple, there's no longer uh, we can no longer get the death penalty. There's no longer a court to issue the death penalty. Nevertheless, there is a concept. This is fascinating. There's a concept that there's no official death penalty, but a person God will punish somebody based on something which is similar to the death penalty. They'll have some other punishment which will take place during their lifetime. Something will happen to them by thieves, by lions, by animals. We'll see. Uh, we'll, the Gemara will explain what exactly it is. Uh, but the point is is that that's sent by God. That's really sent by God. So it's really the opposite. When it comes to cold and fever, that's in our control. That's us. We can control that. When it comes to animals attacking us, that's sent by God. So the Gemara answers... Um, the Gemara says, first of all, what do you mean? Uh, there, there is no more uh, death penalty after we have the Sanhedrin. Ella, turning the page now to 30b1 in the ritual, Amen of Din Arba Mises Lobatlu. The point is, is that the Din, the, the equivalent punishment of the four, we have four different types of death penalties in Halacha, in, in Jewish law, even though the courts cannot issue them, but it can happen naturally by God. It can happen naturally by God. Um, and let, which, let's just see this inside, and then we'll, we'll comment on it. What are the examples? Mishin is chayiv skila. If a person is deserving of stoning, if they're deserving of stoning, so what's going to happen to them? Either they're going to fall from a roof, or they'll be eaten by wild beasts. So animals will be involved, and they'll eat them. Um, some explain that when will one happen, when will the other happen? If they got if they got enjoyment out of it, so then they'll have the more severe punishment of being eaten by wild beasts. If not, they'll fall from a roof, which is what stoning is. Stoning is that they would throw somebody off uh, from a, from a higher area, from a mountain, from a from a higher area, and they'll, then they'll stone them. Umishin is chayv somebody who's deserving of burning. Onofa b'deleka, 
Either they'll fall into a fire, or they'll be get bitten by a snake, and, and the poison of the snake will cause a will will burn their insides. Umishan is let's say a person is deserving of Hariga of beheading. So O Nimsalamachos O listen by Nalav. So then bandits will attack them or they'll give it over to the authorities who will do the same thing to them. And finally, Mishin is Chayv Chenek, if they, the worst one is to be strangulation, O Tovea Benahar O So then they'll drown in a river or they'll die um, of of uh, Quincy. Uh, and this is a disease that would cause them to suffocate, which is the worst of them all. So the point is, we're going to get back to a to, to big discussion here, uh, but the point is, is that eat nowadays that there's no longer a court, so people actually do get punished. What looks like an accident, what looks like natural, what looks like an animal, what looks like thieves attacking them and, and killing them, is really decided by Hashem. Hashem is punishing them. Hashem is really punishing them. So how could we say originally, this is just a, a question on, on, on what Abaye said, um, how could we say that a cold and a fever is done by God, is, is decided by God, but the animals and thieves is decided by people, it's really the opposite. It should really be the opposite. A cold and, and a fever, uh, we're in control of. When it comes to uh, when it comes to animals and bandits, that's decided by Hashem because Hashem is punishing the person. So, like my answer is, You're right. We do flip it. And when it comes to lions and animals, that's done by Hashem as a punishment. When it's uh, when it's a cold and a fever, that we're in control of. We have a, a greater level of control when it comes to to those when it comes to cold and a fever, as opposed to other. Uh, other potential um, uh, uh, injuries or, or the like or, or illnesses. Uh, so, but the point in the end of the day, in the end of the day, two points. Number one is that Abayah says, "What's the source for for this concept that even if there's kares, so then uh, for kares as well, besides for the death penalty by kares by an early death by Hashem." You also don't have to pay the knas, the fine. That's because of Ason, Ason. Ason by Yaakov. Yaakov used the word Ason because he was afraid of both uh, uh, Binyamin dying through people and dying by Hashem, uh, what looks like a natural death by Hashem. And so therefore, that's the same thing as Karis, an early death by Hashem. And if you plug that back into the other Pasuk with regards to uh, one person attacking and hitting uh, the pregnant woman, so then if he's deserving of any death, whether it's death penalty by the courts or death penalty by Hashem, there is an exemption from paying the fine. So that's the source. But the second point, <coughs> which we'll spend a few minutes on right now, is that the Gemara seems to be implying that nowadays there is no death penalty, but when a person gets hurt and they get injured, uh, not just injured, they die based on these horrific uh, punishments, so then this is really their punishment to the death penalty. So Tosus asks, wait a minute, but we know many people who die, and they're wicked people, but they die on their deathbed, and they die peacefully. So to that, there are actually many answers. Um, Tosa suggests that maybe they did tshuva, they did repentance we don't know about, or there's some other merit that they have, or perhaps others explain that Hashem doesn't, uh, He gives them kapara, He, he makes them have an easier um, easier time in this world, so that they have a stronger punishment in the next world, where it will be a stronger punishment, and those that do have a worse punishment in this world, it's so that they, they have an easier suffering in the next world. Um, and the Maharsha, one of the commentaries in Tosas asks the opposite. These are famous big questions. What about those who are righteous? Sometimes people who are righteous end up having these horrific deaths. 
So how do we explain that? Why would they be deserving of that? They're not deserving of the death penalty. Uh, and so he explains that, no, sometimes people get punished in this world. We can't really calculate these things. People get punished in this world. Uh, we don't know the, 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 the bigger calculation. It could be so that they have an easier time in the next world. And there's also a concept of potentially of Gilgal Nishamos, of reincarnations, and so how everything sort of adds up. But the point is, is that we, we don't have the ability to, we don't see the big picture. So we don't know what's going to happen in the next world. We don't have that big picture to to see um, to see whether or not um, uh, they're really a righteous person and therefore uh, they die peacefully or they're a wicked person and so therefore that's why they, uh, they, they had a terrible death. It's not for us to make these calculations and it's not really true because often uh, it could be for, for other reasons. There's many different factors involved. It can impact uh, how a person suffers or is merited in the next world. So there's many, many different factors involved. But just to point out, one last point is that there, there's a, a lot of literature on this topic. Um, there's one opinion by the Sefer HaChasidim who says that if a person knows that they did something wrong, so then besides for repentance, they also have to make sure that they don't go to dangerous places. They shouldn't go near animals or on a boat out of concern that, it, out of the concern that they may, might get the death penalty in some other way, as our Gemara is mentioning. Um, and in fact, there are also other cases where a person did something terrible, they did something that's deserving of the death penalty, and they wanted to know if they could cause themselves to have one of these things happen to them as a way of a, a, a form of kapara, a form of receiving the death penalty so that it will eventually act as forgiveness to them. So this is actually, all these things are really discussed and they stem from, from this Gemara. Um, this is all a baye. We will begin with Rava, Rava's understanding of the Chani Ben in the next Gemara.